We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back at Veterans Minimum, as you can find everything for the show. At Nick Day, as tennis, you can find everything for me, my guys in the building. What up? Draft aftermath, mm. basketball talk. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to damn talk soccer because, oh my God, yesterday. Oh, dude, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. How crazy was that game, man? I don't know if it's just Real Madrid DNA, Pep Guardiola just not getting it right. Maybe it's a combination of both, but. Oh, Lord. Real Madrid's on a hell of a PR tour, by the way. They've eliminated PSG, Chelsea, and Man City, three of the most problematic clubs in the world at the moment. And Real Madrid just out here. And it's not even just the old guard at this point. You have to give credit to the new blood with Valverde, Camavinga come on. Obviously, Rodrigo's the hero. So Vinicius. Well, of course, him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't forget him, honestly. Yo, might be my favorite player right now in the world. Really? Coach. Yeah, he's wow. he's amazing, man. He's dynamic. I am 100% throwing money on him winning the... Golden ball. I wonder how they're going to play him and Neymar Brazil at the World Cup because they both play on the left wing. Yeah, but I think if you're going off form, and granted, this is six months away. Yeah. They could, they really keep Neymar out? Damn. No, they're not going to keep him out. Yeah, they're I, gonna, think, I, I just wonder how they integrate both. Yeah, you have to, man. I'm yeah. a I'm a believer of you put all your best players on the field and you try to figure it out. Yeah, like, sure. remember when Dybala couldn't crack the Argentina team because of Messi? A lot of people couldn't crack the Argentina That team was a mess. <laughs> But, like, come on, man. How do you have Dybala at the time who was, like, yeah, he was balling yeah, with peak. Juventus? Like, they had just made the Champions League final, yeah. like, not too long before that. And he was playing really good soccer. Yeah. They couldn't get him on the field. But uh, Liverpool took care of business. Real Madrid, man, I'm playing Xbox with the guys. And I had bet the game to go over two and a half goals. Mm-hmm. It's 1-0 in, like, the 88th minute. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. You know, Ahmed is like, yo, what's up with the game? Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, donations, man. Just yeah. donate it to the book. <laughs> Give it a minute. And, and then uh, I see the goal. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. All right. I was like, nah, no way. Uh-huh. You know? And then they score again. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was like, holy shit. They're like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, bro, this is crazy. They're going to go into extra time. Yeah. It was just so wild. Uh-huh. And now you got a final in Liverpool and Real Madrid. Rematch from a couple of years ago. Very unfortunate Sergio Ramos not involved. I feel like yesterday's the 
quintessential game you see Sergio Ramos do something crazy. Like he was missed yesterday, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a hell of a rematch though. Like it's still a lot of the old guard going against each other. Uh, obviously, Mo Salah, who is not very vocal, mm-hmm. been, I don't think I've ever heard him this vocal. And understandably so, like that game got taken away from him that final. I thought it was a really dirty move by Ramos, potentially separated his shoulder. So uh, it would not surprise me if Salah scored two or three. Dude, one of my favorite sayings since like 2019, y'all asked for this. Mo Salah wanted Real Madrid. Yeah. He wanted revenge. Double revenge, too, because he played for them. No, he played for Chelsea. He never Salah. I could have sworn Salah played for Chelsea, Fiorentina, and Roma, I believe, and maybe FC Basel. Never played for Madrid. What's the team in white that he played for? That I could have swore he played for. Oh wow, I'm bugging, bro. Yeah. I could have swore he played for Real Madrid briefly. Uh, Chelsea was the big opportunity, but Mourinho never mm. played him. Mourinho never played him. Never played De Bruyne. The, shaking my head. Interesting. Wow, imagine not playing those two guys. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun, man. The game is Memorial Day weekend. We'll probably do something for it as far as uh, doing a little preview. Hell of a final. That's going to be – that's a good game to watch yeah. if you're not into soccer. Yeah, because it's going to be action-packed. Well, Liverpool, we've spoken about, it's must-watch. And mm-hmm. Real Madrid has a great combination of the old guard and just a lot of budding talent growing. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft. Um, I want to open up with this. What we're going to do now is we're going to good pick, bad, quick, questionable decision. Now, you can frame these however you want, mm-hmm. and we'll just go back and forth and play off one another. Uh, I would like to lead this one off because, to me, one of the head-scratching decisions of the draft was not really a draft pick that was made. It was a draft pick that was given up. Arizona giving up a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown. To me, is a fireable offense. Yeah, I don't care about the new Hopkins su- suspension. You eat that and don't make that trade. Like, to me, just that trade was irresponsible. Hollywood Brown going for a first-round pick is hilarious. I've never been a Hollywood Brown guy. I'm not a fan of guys that only really their, their strength is one thing. Uh, he's been in and out the lineup last couple of years, too. He's a speedster. Yeah, he, he has amazing speed. Mm-hmm. But to me, a first-round pick is—that's crazy. Yeah, it's careless for a team that, yes, they need young talent, but they have to develop because right now that roster is very slopsided. Like they have stars clearly on both sides of the ball, but they don't have a lot of depth. They're kind of small in the trenches on both sides. It's just I don't know what he adds. Like yes, he's a fun player, he is that speedster, but. He's always had issues with drops. He's not really good when it comes to handling physicality. Uh, to me, he's someone I'd maybe a third-round pick at best I'd trade for him. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense because you have so many other needs. And, yeah, the the Hopkins decision, which he came out and he said he's going to appeal because that's what everyone says when mm-hmm. they get popped for a PED or a steroid or whatever mm-hmm. it is that leads to suspension. But there was a lot of depth at wide receiver in this draft. Like, a lot of it. Guys that got drafted in the second and third round that might be day one starters. So, to give that up for Hollywood Brown, like, you know, there were rumors that the Jets were willing to give up 10 for Debo. That's Mm -hmm. a first-round pick. And then to, like, you know, I put that in context side-by-side to the tape. Like, They've been one of the more reckless organizations for the past few years. It's just they were fortunate to land on uh, 
star quarterback got Kyler Murray, kind of exploited the Texans mm-hmm. with a couple of moves, and they've hit on a few draft picks here and there. But you look at the Cardinals and their roster building, it's not been very good. And they've been, they've been fortunate to be in the position they're in, even though I don't think it's all that great of a position. The last thing I want to mention is that him and Kyler Murray played together in college. So there is a little bit of a connection. Apparently, they were really good friends. And when the move was made, uh, Kyler was very excited about that. And there has been, you know, the little bit of the contract negotiations yeah. going on. But again, to give up a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown, that's, that's kind of crazy to me. Um, give me give me a draft pick or decision that was made that... Uh, Talk about Trey, I loved. Man, salutes of lines. Jameson Williams, I think if he enters ACL, he would have been receiver one. Mm. Just based on all that he brings to the table. Like I think he's just, you know, ultra explosive, great raw runner, terrific hands. Like he is the complete package. And I think if he didn't get injured, the Falcons probably would have considered him at eight. Even though Drake London is the fit for Arthur Smith's offense, I think Jameson Williams is that good that you reconsider your scheme and you kind of alter your offense towards him, he's that good. And for the Lions, just kind of fleecing the Vikings. You know, Vikings, I was excited about their new regime. Uh, don't think they did too well this first draft or first offseason. You look at the Lions, it's like, okay, they're rebuilding, but they're going to be proactive. And it wouldn't shock me if they were the second-best team in the NFC North this year. Whoa. I already think they're better than Chicago, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're better than Minnesota. I think they're building a really good foundation. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a sizzling take. And I love the coach. I think Dan Campbell, he's already got that locker room in the palm of his hands. Look, they got they got some pieces on offense that can that they can wreck games, right? Like DeAndre Swift, Amon St. Brown was like how many fantasy championships did he win people yeah. late last year? Um I am not in favor of trading up for a Anyone but a quarterback. So that always just like rubs me the wrong way. They made a great move. They didn't have to go perform any first round to go up. Very fair. Yeah. Very fair. To me, they really got the Vikings. Right, right. No, you're right. Like when the Saints traded up a couple of years ago to get Davenport. Or what they did with Olave. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, yeah, yeah, that's. Saints, Saints, damn, they're just, they're playing with house money. So to me, Jamison Williams, he is a big play guy. Um, just, you know, Alabama receivers who like the pedigree of it. Like, they've had a lot of great receivers yeah. come out the last couple of years. And also, they get Hutchinson, too. Um, I know, like, we were just talking about the, the lines and the good move there. But I think that was a pretty solid draft for them, yeah. leaving that one. And now you got me thinking, man. I saw their win total was five and a half. And the, I felt like that was low because they lost a lot of one-score games. Yeah, they were very competitive. Yeah. It wasn't like, even though they were right up there with the Jaguars with the number one pick, the Jaguars are getting destroyed it wasn't even competitive the lines are putting respectable efforts and you could just tell like young players are are growing there and i just i trust their coaching staff Mm -hmm. especially aaron glenn so dc so no i'm i'm excited about what the lines can do and i I like the aggressiveness it's just like okay we're rebuilding but you know what we see an opportunity we're gonna get our guy and james williams is that kind of guy so um I'm, i'm like where things are going in detroit a draft selection that i liked and more so because of I like what this team has done all offseason. I like how they're building their team. And I like that they're trying to protect their main guy, my main guy, the jo- uh, the Chargers, excuse me, mm-hmm. taking Zion Johnson. Um, 
inside of the offensive line. Obviously, the pass rush comes up the middle. And he's just a very solid player. And offensive line is never sexy. It's never a draft pick that's going to get cheers from the audience. But if you look, I think historical data says that, like, the most successful position in NFL drafts in the first round is offensive line. Mm -hmm. And success, we talked about this many, many pods ago, it's, you know, signing a second contract with your team. Mm -hmm. And to me, Zion Johnson, he'll be a day one starter for an offensive line in the Chargers, which improved a lot last year, but still could be better. Mm -hmm. And I think he's the kind of guy that you could put in there and make a difference for you. Yeah, they still need tone setters. So in the trenches, they definitely need to get more physical. So I'm all in favor when it comes to addressing critical needs. Like you look at the Chargers, there's just something finesse about them. So it's LA, bro. Yeah. No, no, you watch them play football though. Like you see Rex Burke had averaging eight yards a carry, or you see Brandon Staley the way he goes for fourth downs, and like they need to convert fourth and short, and they can't get a yard against the Raiders in a make or break game. So just those moments you're looking at, it's like they gotta they gotta get more physical in the trenches on both sides. Nah, for sure. Yeah, and they have a stud in, in Rashawn Slater, so maybe I'm not sure what side Johnson will play, but man, they could build one hell of a left side. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. But to me, just everything that the Chargers are doing, that's a draft pick that I really liked. I wanted them to get Jordan Davis, but obviously he had went before that. And then at that point, you just settle for for a guy that could be a day one starter for you. What else you got? Um, This is a pick I just didn't like, and I just don't like where a team's going, period. Traylon Burks. I just think he's not going to replace A.J. Brown. I think they're trying to do what the Vikings did with Diggs and Jefferson. I don't see this ending well. I just think just watching Burks, he just does not seem to have that explosive trait that Brown had, like that after-the-catch ability, which is something that this Titans offense desperately needs. And they only just have that explosive factor now. It's like the Titans, I thought going to offseason, they need a deep throw. And then they lost their most explosive element in A.J. Brown. And, you know, you know we all love Robert Woods. Who knows how he's going to look coming after surgery. So, yeah, I just I don't see him as the guy, and he's coming from offense that was very limited in Arkansas. I just I just think it's a weird fit, and I think Tennessee's just I understand they got bad cap situation, but it's just not wanting to it's offering AJ Brown sixteen million a year. I think it's just a flat out insult. Uh, I was very surprised a good organization like Tennessee because mm-hmm. they've made great moves. They've built a contender over the years. I don't know what they're focused on, but I'm not a fan of the Burks move at all. I'm telling you, bro, Trembalky. Ruined so many franchises by giving Christian Kirk the money he did. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> if you're A.J. Brown and you're offered less than Christian Kirk, yeah. you're like, yo, fam, come on, let's not get too crazy. Yeah, A.J. Brown definitely should be in that 20. Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. without a doubt. And A.J. Brown, like it's so, like, like you mentioned, there's, there's a lot of pressure now on Traylon Burks. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a big body receiver, but he don't run that well after the catch. Mm-hmm. And that's where A.J. Brown, like early on, you know, catches a slant, takes it to the house, or picks up 30, 40 yards. They're just the style of play is completely different, and that's a lot. There's a lot of pressure now. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're a prime candidate for me to see massive regressions from the Titans. Mm-hmm. I don't like how Tannehill and the Malik Willis mm-hmm. went down. How do you feel about that, by the way? Uh, I think Tannehill could handle it better by get his thought process. Like, okay, it's not the obligation to be a mentor, but he didn't have to phrase it like that. He could right. have been more supportive. Right. You know. Yeah, That I agree with you. I, I, just, think, I just think Tannehill's in a bad space, and he's just still recovering from January because that was a career-defining loss. They they blew a golden opportunity in Tennessee, and I think that's always going to haunt them. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And if you're just looking at the Titans, they've lost their two best weapons on offense, at, excuse me, on at the wide receiver yeah. position 
in this offseason. Yeah. It's just asking a lot. And, and Tannehill is not a guy that's going to elevate you. Like, those guys elevated Tannehill, and in particular, A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, that, that Thursday night football game against San Francisco, they were a three-point favorite at home, and I took the Titans. He just sunned them the whole second right. half. And it was they won that game because of yeah. A.J. Brown. Because they had some weeks where they were unwatchable offensively. Now, granted, all three of their studs were injured, but you saw A.J. Brown back in the lineup. He had, like, nine catches for 120 yards and pretty much carried them to that victory. Yeah. Nah, yeah. it's just he's a beast, man. He's a beast. And, look, he's not the most durable, but he plays enough where I think it would have been justified to pay him. Yeah. But, again, they're also giving Tannehill a shitload of money, dude. Yeah, they can't wait to get that deal in 2023. They're counting down the days for that. Yeah. Uh, the Jets. Good. I like what the Jets did. I mean, they were, they were in a great position. Like, I'm, I'll you give them respect, but I'm not going to applaud them just because they, really? they, they did what they're supposed to do. Hmm. Like, I'm not going to, like, they, they had a lot of capital and they used it. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think they used it at the right place? Not the biggest Garrett Wilson fan, but, you know, he's going to do something for them. You know, right. and Gardner and Johnson, they're, they're, like, they address their biggest needs now. It's just a matter of, besides Sauce who's going to really emerge into being stars because I think there are question marks about Wilson and Johnson. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you, but, you don't fall down the draft board like Johnson did without there being red flags. Yeah, that's true. Though I do like that when a player falls. Uh, why is that? I like it because there's that extra motivation in the chip now going into it mm-hmm. when you're kind of disrespected and mm-hmm. you know, you're know you expecting to be a... Dude, there were reports saying that they might take him at four. Right. And then to drop all the way down, and you end up the, if you're the Jets, you're you're like you're uh, static. I think it was like a 18 million dollar savings that mm-hmm. they had too. But to me, taking Gardner, they need a corner. Salah needs a corner also, like that. I think he's gonna be a day one legit guy, lockdown kind mm-hmm. of guy. Because um, he was locked down in the SEC, right. and that you know that's where a lot of the best wide receivers in the country were. Mm-hmm. So to me, as a whole, good picks. I like what the Jets did, man. Yeah. And and it was rare. I talked about it last week with Boss when he was on the pod. If you guys haven't checked out that pod, Boss and I we talk a little bit about the the Giants and the Jets, and then uh, headlining the um, breaking down, I should say, the UFC card this weekend, which is going to be a banger too. But we were talking about like, yo, it was weird to hear people say good shit about the New York teams leading yeah. the draft. Like, it's usually like, huh? This was their time, though. Yeah, like, they, you're they, right, though. Yeah. They had all the assets yeah. in the right places right. to do so. But still, yeah. like, you know, they've they've had a sixth overall pick, the Giants. They've had right. a ninth overall pick. And, yeah. and people have been like, what the, yeah. uh, Eli Apple, 10 overall? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? So to leave the draft having good things said about you. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're the Jets, man, like, yeah, it's refreshing and. Also, Joe Douglas, this is a big draft for him. But you have two picks in the top seven and 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 uh, I think two picks in the top ten. And, and they got some really good talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just how they're going to be competitive in that conference. It's going to be a bummer. Well, yeah. I think, I think there's a chance they might not finish last this year. I don't like what's happening in New England, bro. I mean, you want to doubt them? Go ahead. Like, I'm not. Look, I've been down the Patriots for like three years now, but I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Oh, they're going six and 11. Yeah. Do you think uh, that's gonna not play well? Right, the Jets finishing above the Pats. <laughs> that's I mean, not gonna age well, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, MP might come through and he might talk to you. 
<laughs> you might have to talk to me a little yeah. bit. Give me give me a pick that uh, you want to spotlight in this. Uh, of course, the Ravens had to do something big. I, I've been high on Kyle Hamilton for a long time. Like I was, I don't know if it's just the safety position being devalued, but I think as a talent, Kyle Hamilton should have been the top ten. But nevertheless, he's he fell, and well, yeah, the Ravens got a gem. They have someone that could cover, someone that could play in the box, because especially in that division, they're gonna have to stop the run. So he's like that kind of chess piece that not many teams have. And I just think even though they lost Martindale, I trust Harbaugh with his defensive staff. They're going to get the best out of him. And you know, the guy's just so dynamic. So you put him in that defense that could use a little bit of a reload. I'm very excited to see what happens there. I think him falling to that lap like that, just like, ooh, this is going to be exciting. He felt like a Raven, right? Yeah. Like a DB, safety. They always – I feel like Baltimore always has like an iconic – player in the secondary right. like chris McAllister, remember him and then they had obviously ed reed but then you know they they punted on some not punted but they had taken that kid elam out of florida at safety and he was out the league after a couple of seasons yeah. too and then you know they trade for marcus peters humphreys has been really good for them as well yeah. but he he just felt like a raven yeah and i think they're still kind of recovering from being so let down by earl thomas i thought earl thomas was going to be there for a couple of years and earl thomas just character issues he yeah so i think it's like okay he Red ever retire? I know he wants to make a comeback. It's just I know he's burnt a lot of bridges in the NFL, unfortunately. Like, Earl Thomas is one of my favorites. Like, I don't like speaking down Earl Thomas. I think he's one of the coolest offensive players ever for what he did. But from reading stories, it just when you lose the Ravens coaching staff, that's like a huge red flag. Because the Ravens coaching staff is considered one of the most highly regarded, well-respected. They know how to run things. And for them to pretty much turn on Earl Thomas, they basically gave him no choice. Think it concerned a lot of teams across the organization, uh, across the league. Hmm. Yeah, man. When you burn bridges, bro, and anything, any aspect of life, it's never gonna, it's never gonna come back playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, questionable selection. Um, and I know I talked about this la- last pod, but I want to, you know, add some more to that because some people really didn't understand what I was getting at. But I don't agree with Trayvon Walker going number one. I think it's a huge roll of the dice where, number one, you want something more certain. I don't like when I hear that I'm taking a pass rusher as a fan, right? And they tell me that one thing that he needs to improve on is rushing the passer. I feel like that should be... Well, he's a D-tackle. He's a big body. I wouldn't classify him as a pure pass rusher. (laughs) That makes it even worse then. I think they just want to take the best defensive player available. Did you think that was him? Yeah. I just think being at the centerpiece of everything, like he's like he's a it's a not a project. Like he definitely could have more budget, but I heard like in college they made him play multiple positions. Like I think they're gonna utilize him much better than he was in college. So uh it was it was a bit of a risk, but just based on I think he's someone that really crushed at the combine, so they're banking on that. Yeah, I mean I kinda like David Lloyd better than I do him. And obviously you took I did not like that Lloyd pick. You, you didn't? Just, you just spent all that money on Foyle Lucon. How much you want to invest in linebacker? I know, look, I I, call, I like yeah. seeing linebackers being valued because I feel like linebackers and safeties don't get valued like they should. But for a team that has a laundry list of needs, like I, I think front-loading on linebacker was a bit of an odd call. They also took another linebacker in like the third or fourth round, I think it was, which was also weird. So yeah. it's like, you know, in the third round, uh, Chad Muma. Yeah. Then they, tr- they trade up too. I believe in the first. Well, they, they traded up to get Devin Lloyd. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm um, Jacksonville getting Jacksonville. Yeah, man. I mean, that's 
poor Trevor Lawrence. You know, his stock is only going to go down. And someone, yo, if it ends bad in Jacksonville, someone's going to someone's gonna get him. And they're going to get him on, like, you know, 60 cents on the dollar. Hopefully he's not too damaged by them, though. That's true, yeah. yeah. That's a hell of a point, man. Because yeah, they were saying the same thing about Donald. I don't want to compare it to, but. Nah, yeah. for sure. Well, though Trevor Lawrence was more of a can't miss prospect. Yeah, that's why I really don't yeah, want to compare yeah, it to, yeah. but the situations it, where. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, he's damaged because at, at this point, yeah. Sam Darnold. Um, where else are you going? I was, like, it was hard to find bad picks in the draft because, like, even though this draft lacks star power, there's still a lot of good players. And I love the fits. Like, I thought in general, first round, a lot of teams are, tra- like, drafting well. I was like, oh, wow, that's a good pick. Oh, that's a great fit. You know, even, like, say, Drake. Okay, Drake London maybe wouldn't have taken eight, but still, it's a damn good fit. Arthur Smith loves big receivers. I think the one pick, and I'm not gonna go after Kenny Pickett because that's too easy. Like I think we've heard enough about Kenny Pickett, but the Chiefs game, McDuffie, like I don't know what's their infatuation with five foot eleven corners, but I just feel like they always take these undersized corners, and it's just like it never works. And you're in a division with Devontae Adams, Cortland Sutton, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you know, AFC in general. You probably have to play. Chase and Higgins at some point, or even like Gabriel Davis again. Like, it's just McDuffie is a great cover corner. Like, I've seen the clips of it, and it just he seems like someone has a real good feel for the game. But you're five foot 11, didn't play great competition in college. And I do worry just at the catch point, can you hang with these big receivers? And it just hasn't worked in Kansas City for a lot of these corners. And I just question why they're going back to the same route. Yeah, that was. That was kind of weird. Yeah. I like the I like the pass rusher that they got. Lamb, he's yeah. a Greek. Yeah, he's violent. Yeah, he's he, he's going to be a force. Um, and again, you look at that division, right? Want to get pass rushers and, and and DBs to cover some of these receivers. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, the conference got a lot of studs. Yeah. And now in division too, you got Devontae Adams in mm-hmm. that mix also. Um, one pick that I liked and I liked it a lot is because you know they kind of made noise this year. They, they ended up going to the Final Four, well, you know, the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. But Alec Pierce going to the Colts, I think Matty Ice is going to like him over there. But, uh, he looked intriguing. Like, he just won those. They need, like, a big contest. I, even though Pittman's not quite that guy. Like, even though Pittman's big, he's not the best contested catch guy. From what I see of Pierce, he goes up and gets it. And I think he's going to, you know, opposite of Pittman. Mm-hmm. And then you got the running back, too, over there and Taylor. I like what the Colts did with this pick because he's a guy who he can run, he can get open, great route runner. And the Colts just needed more weapons, man. Right. They needed more weapons. And I think he's a guy who I feel like he'll have a 10-year career. Like He's just he's just one of those dudes that's just going to play for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like He might not be the best, but I think he'll just have like a very solid career. Mm-hmm. I know the player comp was Jordy Nelson, what they were saying. like A lot of the measurables were the I, same. I saw that, yeah. But... You know he's bigger. He's just like he just looks more imposing, right? And they got some imposing guys over there. Mm-hmm. Like even though Mo Ali Cox doesn't get the ball out, he's an imposing. Guy. So um, Matt Ryan's got. His guys have a big catch radius, which I think at, at this stage of his career, not having quite the same march and the same quite as good as accuracy. You know he could use guys that could go up and get it. What else you got? This is your last one? Yeah, and I wanted to go out of the first round, and might as well mention it. I, I, I'm intrigued by Desmond Riddler. I think he was the best QB. Let's go, Falcons. Yeah, I, 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 Falcons, last week, done very well offseason-wise. Uh, before that, complete train wreck. Now it's like, all right, they're going in the right direction. And 
yeah, I know Riddler doesn't have the greatest arm, and I think uh, his throwing motion's a little awkward, but it's just I, his command and just his mechanics. I just think he's pro-ready. Like He has a couple, maybe some work with his arm, but I just feel like you could put him in there. He's probably not going to start immediately because Mario was there for a reason, but I think he's just someone that you go in there, he could elevate a roster. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued by Desmond Riddler. I think this was really good value for them to get in the third round because a lot of people thought second round. Like once, uh, I think Atlanta was picking at 38, like oh that guy go QB here mm-hmm. like it's a, and they didn't they end up going edge rusher so I was like hmm interesting okay and the draft keeps going on I was like when are they gonna take QB they have to take a QB at some point and Riddler is there so why not in a third rounder that's why I say even though it, the conversion rate for success is low I think it's really good value and I think he's someone that could play immediately like even though I do like Malik Willis Malik Willis should probably sit a year mm-hmm. Riddler I think you could put him in October yeah does you know the thing I like about Ritter is that. I like that he carried Cincinnati too, man. Like I'm yeah. a fan that, you know how I am. I I love quarterbacks from small schools. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Cincinnati isn't exactly a powerhouse team. They're no. not historically a team that's competing for national championships. And he was their quarterback. Right. Like to me, that means a lot. I'd rather take a guy from a Cincinnati, from a Purdue, as opposed to you know the guys from Alabama have not panned out in the league because you're playing with five star receivers and five st- five offensive linemen yeah. going in the first round and right. so your team is stacked. So how good are you? Mm-hmm. I always like to think about some of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, the colleges that they're from. Cal, Texas Tech, mm-hmm. Breeze went to Purdue, Matty Ice went to Boston College. That's a hockey school, right. and they elevated their programs to the top tier. And then they have success in the league. Carson Wentz, you know, questionable, but North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Like, these are guys that have had good careers in the NFL. Right. And to me, I, I like it when a dude is from a small school. Right. As opposed to going to Alabama mm-hmm. and Michigan and, and USC. Because you got to learn early. It's like, okay, I got to elevate this team around me. I'm not yeah. going to be blessed with the supporting cast. So, and really, definitely not. He's an intriguing supporting cast, but definitely not a great one. So, or Ritter, excuse me. So uh, I I do like I do think you bring up an excellent point though with these QBs coming back coming from these backgrounds. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like you just you're not playing with all that talent. I think mm-hmm. that's super important. Cause yeah, you could say well when they get to the NFL level, everyone's professional. Yeah, but when they're playing in college, Alabama gets five star recruits. The worst player on their team is like a four and a half star recruit, mm-hmm. and at that point, you're just looking at it like he doesn't have. Ritter doesn't have yeah Alec Pierce went in the second round but historically this isn't that's why I was that's why I had high hopes for like a guy like Daniel Jones because he went to Duke mm-hmm. who on the James Jameson Crowder is the best receiver to come out of Duke you know it's like you're not playing it's, it's a basketball school right. so to me that kind of always it, it weighs a little bit more for me granted Daniel Jones hasn't panned out they didn't even right. pick up the option on him but I'm saying over time I think there's a higher percentage of quarterbacks that come from smaller schools they end up being, yo, Wyoming. Yeah. Josh Allen That's is in Wyoming. Example, yeah. Right? Louisville is where Lamar Jackson went. Oregon. Like, these are not your schools that are competing for national championships. Uh, Oregon has a little bit. Oregon got more yeah. jerseys than they have, like, wins yeah. ever. Right? Like, got a new jersey all the time. I know a few The, the O in Oregon good. is for the amount of national championships that they won. Damn. Like, they got all these jerseys. And, and I like the Ducks. But I'm saying, like, you know, smaller schools. And I think mm-hmm. in the third round, why not, dude? Yeah. Why not? Especially when you're, you're a franchise in total rebuild and you just got to make a move. Uh, before before we end on this uh, draft stuff, 
Um, can you tell me how you feel about what the Giants did? They made a statement. Like, to me, if you want to compare New York teams, I just feel like the Giants did more to elevate their franchise than the Jets. I might eat my words on that, but I just I think the Giants got real cornerstones. And maybe just the thing about building in the trenches, but it's just you have two guys that I think you could see being the top players at their position in four or five years, and they're totally worth the contracts. That's how I view it. And especially with putting Neil on the right side, because Andrew Thompson had a solid year last year. Mm-hmm. So He bounced back great after yeah, the rookie year. Everyone's rookie like, was oh, shit, he picked Everyone right. after yeah, him yeah. was amazing. Right. Worf's... Uh, Willis and Becton. Willis, like, yeah. yeah, all those guys. And now Becton, the Jets can't even get in contact with him. There was that fiasco, which yeah. ended up turning out like you were a dick if you tweeted anything about it because, you know, his, his, he was expecting his first child. Mm-hmm. And that was left out of the reports initially. Yeah. Worse has been, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. He wasn't healthy in the playoff game. That's probably a big reason why they <laughs> lost that game, too, with all those pass rushes uh-huh. on Brady. And then Willis was, Decent, yeah. yeah, he just started with the Browns. And that helped propel them into beating the Steelers in the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. So, and then, yeah, you got Andrew Thomas. You got Evan Neal now. You had Old Jalari last year. Mm-hmm. Now you throw Thibodeau in there. It's, it's, they're, they're going to, they're going to, they kind of, I don't want to compare it to 2000. Oh boy, I'm getting my years mixed up. 2020, yeah. 2020. I don't want to compare what they could do like the first year with Joe Judge. I, don't, I kind of want to just erase Joe Judge from everything. But I feel like the Giants, they could, I wouldn't surprise me if they won seven or eight games. Like, if you want to look at the NFC tiers, like I think the, the Panthers, Falcons, Bears, Seahawks, they're going to be the worst teams. I think the Giants, they could be with the Commanders and the Lions and the Vikings and maybe win eight games. Maybe compete for the seventh seed. Yeah, it, it's definitely available like and then you play tampa in the first round i mean you know brady has them i mean throwbacks you you can enjoy a week a week of being in the playoffs why not why not i will say though to to shit on the parade a little bit i don't really understand wandell robinson five nine receiver five eight receiver you got tony for now true yeah that was a little you know his player comp was isaiah mckenzie and like Dave, if he, you got to trust an offensive yeah, mastermind. Yeah, but you could find him, Isaiah McKenzie, in like free agency. Yeah, probably. All right. That's fair. Like, As opposed to taking him in the second round? Yeah. I, like, if I was to tell you that this guy, you, you, your team's going to draft Isaiah McKenzie in the second round, you're going to be angry. Yeah. Let's see what Dable could do with him, but I understand sure, the frustration. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But all right. Enough about that. Uh, check out the Patreon. There's going to be some extra content on this week. Got an NBA, a full NBA pod coming out tomorrow and then there'll be a podcast that you could catch next week's podcast is going to be on there as well and then next week the website is going live so you'll be able to buy merch with that said if you've been a member ah, if you've been the member of the patreon the last six months i'm going to give you a free merch item Mm -hmm. i have not been able to fulfill a lot of the requirements and the perks that members of the patreon have been expecting because of a lot of things that i've highlighted on past episodes so everyone who is a member of the patreon is going to get a free merch item now depending on the tier that they're going to be alan they're going to get better merch than others i mean all the merch is fire yeah but i'm saying you know you might get a hat you might get a shirt you might get a crew neck might be something but reach out to me message us on patreon message me in the discord and we will get stuff situated your way it's a way to give back because now everything is ironed out Everything is in order, and we have a better idea of what we are 
evolving into and you know having certain people on certain shows that allow us to create content so i want to make it clear that i don't take you guys for granted because a lot of the cool shit that we do here at vm is because of the members of the patreon so shout out to you thank you for the support and get in touch with us all of may i am giving out merch to try to get you guys your stuff so patreon.com slash veterans minimum alan have you been watching the nba playoffs absolutely uh i think the second round has been a bit of a dud so far but i have full confidence that bucks celtics in particular is gonna really pick up yeah it's funny because the two series that are 2-0 kind of expected yeah and then the two series that are 1-1 i kind of expected Mm -hmm. uh I think both series that are one one right now, which by the way they're playing on Saturday, they have four days off. Oh, was a bit of a weird switch. Yeah. Do you and think maybe it's because the NBA schedule they didn't have any game seven, so they have some flexibility? Could be. Yeah. I think it was the first first round in like the last eight years that they didn't have a game seven. Yeah. So it could be that. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure it has to be that. Yeah. It can't be any other explanation. But I, I found that a little weird. That's why now there's some reports that Middleton might be able to return this series, too. That's huge. Because I think if we're talking about the Celtics and the Bucks series, I think Middleton not being out there is a huge reason why things have transpired mm-hmm. the way they have. Uh, a, a tale of two games, right? Like Milwaukee looks so dominant in game one. Boston comes out looking so dominant in game two. And you got your stars to deliver. If your team won in game one, like the Bucks did, and then you had Tatum and Jalen Brown really go off in, in game two for 59 points. But uh, Marcus Smart not being there for the Celtics, it it it's noticeable on the court. He's their glue guy. Yeah. yeah. He's probably their most—he's uh, not their most important, but he's like the heart and soul of the team. Right. You know how you always give that to the guy who's like scrappy yeah. and he does a lot of the stuff that don't appear on the stat sheet? Mm-hmm. Because obviously Tatum is their best guy, but he's a guy who's like very important for what right. they do. Because with Smart and Robert Williams, you have two players that just make so much happen defensively. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to get easy buckets when they're on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was it was crazy because I thought Williams not being out there for the whole net series was going to be a big reason why they would have lost that, and they mm-hmm. handled business. Now you get him back. Right. To me, that series is going to come down to a game seven, and it's going to be in Boston, and I will probably favor Boston going through. It's a real toss-up, though. Like, it is a very tough series, especially if Milton comes back. Yeah, nah, yeah. for sure, man. And I think it's like 85% of game one winners go on to win the series. I know Milwaukee won game one. But sometimes, you know, this is in the second round and, and beyond because now you have sort of all the teams that advance. I think everyone expected these teams to advance. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a, a surprise in round one. Like, yeah, Boston might have been a surprise to some because of the net star power, but the, the Celtics were the favorite in that series anyway right. if we're going from a, a, a gambling aspect. Mm-hmm. But to me, that series, is it, it, it's a tough series. I'm more excited by Memphis-Golden State, man. Oh, really? Oh, no, it's a fun series, but I, I have a feeling Golden State's just going to run them over soon. I yeah, you think so? Just, a, a lot of people I've talked to feel that way. I don't know, man. I think... I think when Memphis, Memphis in game one showed that they're a young team. Because that's a game that a grizzled team steps on your throat and takes that game from you. You outshot them from three, which is their game. So you beat them at their own game. And then Draymond Green got thrown out yeah. in that game too. It's like that's a game where you got to win it if you're Memphis. And it came down to a last possession. You know, John Morant sprinting to the basket and blowing that layup. And then he comes back and drops 47. 
And I think you could expect Ja to have another 40-point game in this series because there's no one on Golden State that could guard him. Mm-hmm. And he had that clip where mismatch, he, yeah. he points to Jordan Poole and he's like, he can't guard me. Yeah. And he's not lying. Yeah, That's the thing. Golden State is dynamic as their backcourt is. It's just they only play defense. Well, they're... Their defense in this series with John Morant, because mm-hmm. I mean, there's not many people that could guard John Morant no, anyway. It's, it's a but problem. it's it's he's he's able to do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. and he just gets to the rim all the time. Anytime he goes up, though, I feel like you know it's, the landing is going to be so so harsh. Mm-hmm. But it's a young team, man, and Memphis is, is showing it because they should be up 2-0, I think. I really believe that. I think game one they should have had, and they had a lead late, also not a crazy lead, but that's a game where you should have taken care of business going back because. You know, now you got two games in the Bay. That's a scary place to go. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. Like if Golden State wins the next two, I'm just like, oh, this could be a wrap. Yeah, yeah that's why I'm I'm thrilled about it. Like don't get me wrong, Memphis is must see. It's just I don't know if this series could go more, like maybe six, but I could see ending at five. Like, I I don't know. I just have a feeling Golden State's gonna start once they start shooting like with Clay and you know Wiggins is giving them good minutes. Watch out. Yeah, and Gary Payton, he's going to be out three to five weeks. Dylan Brooks, right before we started recording, he got suspended for it. And rightfully so. I mean, anytime a coach comes out and then he, he spotlights that injury mm-hmm. and he says, you know, the gamesmanship and there's a there's like a NBA code amongst players that you don't follow like that, mm-hmm. the momentum of it was going to lead to him being suspended. And Dylan Brooks is a big part of their team, and so is Gary Payton mm-hmm. too. So it's, it's going to be fun. There's a lot more NBA that's going to be on the Patreon on uh, Friday for you guys listening to this now. Is there much you want to talk about Phoenix and Miami? Definitely not Phoenix, Dallas. I'm, like, it's just it's, it's, Dallas it's, needs to get – they need to get one or two more guys just straight up. Like, it's not much – and, like, Phoenix, is, now they're at full strength. They're just too loaded. Well, people got – I was talking about this with Joe Fan. I was on his show with uh, Bet to Win, and we were talking a little bit about that. And I feel like people got scared off the Suns because Booker goes down and then the Pelicans who had to play a playing game mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs take them to six and you got to remember this team won 60 games yeah. bro this isn't some slapdick team no. this is a team who if you win 60 plus games in the NBA you're considered elite mm-hmm. and they were the favorites coming in and now they look every bit of that they're 2-0 and in the series 2-0 and against the spread mm-hmm. Miami on the east 2-0 and in the series 2-0 yeah. and against the spread both one seeds are playing like one seeds and Unless Embiid comes back, I don't really want to talk about the Suns Mavericks series. I just think it's 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 Luca and nothing else. They're not right. getting much else. Like yesterday, Dinwiddie came out hot in the first half, and then after that, it's like Brunson. He's rumored to get a huge contract, but then he's kind of not played that well in the Suns series so far. It's basically been Luca, and mm-hmm. they need another star. They tried to make it happen with KP, and that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. To me, I think the Suns sweep them. Yeah. It's not going to be that competitive, especially now that they're at full strength. Mm-hmm. They're just too loaded. And then Philly, I, I, I'm always hot and cold with Docker. Like, I respect everything he's built, but I think Docker's inability to develop young players is now coming back to haunt them. Like just the lack, You just see the lack of depth now. Like They just don't have anything on the front line. They don't have much of a bench. And then you just look at Miami. They go like, what, nine deep? Yeah. You have old depot that could make things happen off the bench. Obviously, we know how good Tyler Hero is. It's just Miami's just like a well-structured unit, and Philly's just banking on their stars. And Maxie's all right. Maxie's the one young player has emerged, but it's just right now those limitations of Philly are getting exploited bad. And look, the elephant in the room is Noel Embiid. 
Yeah. We all know that. That's massive, obviously. But I don't know how much of a difference that would have made, really. I still think Miami would have been up 2-0. Games have been more competitive, obviously. Yeah, yeah but I, I just think that... Bam wouldn't have been feasting as much. Right, but I think... To expect much out of Harden now, I think it's I think it's over. I think the yeah. Harden the Harden dominance is done. Mm-hmm. He's still a very good player. He's still a top like twenty five player in the league. But this conversation of him being the guy that is uh, you know you want to give up all your assets for yeah. like those days are done. Yeah. I think the wear and tear has caught up to him, and I think that you know the first ten years in the league he missed like forty eight games, the whole. That whole time, and then like the last two years, he's missed like more than that. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was something interesting, like fascinating yeah. by it. Yeah. But I just don't think he's that guy anymore. And it's also the playoff James Harden stuff. Mm-hmm. We've seen it show up time and time again. He's just not a guy that you can rely on. Yeah. And I think to me, that series, like maybe they get one in, in in Philly, but I think if the Heat and the Suns go pat go to a game six in their series, I think that's a Big, big, right big, yeah, yeah. Like that's concerning. Like, yeah. if the Sixers and the Mavericks win like Game Three, I could see it because you're coming home, you're mm-hmm. excited, get some calls your way. But for the most part, this got to end in five if you're both of those teams, right? Because you need that rust. Yeah, yeah. So it's been fun, man. There's gonna be a lot of uh, NBA stuff on the Patreon, and then uh, doing a really fun episode for the Monday Pod. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up in the Discord. Hit us up on Instagram. If you're listening to the show, leave a comment, a rating, a review. Tag us that you're listening to it. Tell us what you like. Tell us our takes are good. Tell us our takes are bad. Hit us with a congrats. And we'll catch you guys. Oh, can I promote something? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Alan Sturk, A-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. I have an interview coming out next week with... Fifth round Falcons running by Tyler Algier at BYU won the sleepers in the draft. Uh, booked that yesterday, so I'm really excited about that. I haven't interviewed players in a couple years, so I'm getting to it this next month or two. So this is like the first one I got, and you know I'm really excited about this because he has a cool background. He was initially a running back, then he moved to linebacker, then he went back to running back. So he's he's an exciting prospect. Yeah, yeah hit him him and Cordell Patterson, maybe the fun one-two combo. <laughs> Nice, man. I'll be sure to post it and uh, retweet it from the show account. At Veterans Minimum, as you can find everything for the show. And we will catch you guys next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.